Hey, hey man, who are you? I'm Batman and you're listening to The Horrible Movie Podcast. Hey y'all, thanks for uh, tuning in to The Horrible Movie Podcast. Uh, my name is Jack and thanks for, again, tuning in slash downloading slash subscribing slash listening to The Horrible Movie Podcast. I am not Batman, but I am... The host, and this is Phil, producer Phil, and he's here to tell you about what is his favorite movie of all time about Batman. Favorite movie? Um, no, I meant this movie is your favorite movie. Oh, this one is. Well, you, it's because it's forever. Well, yeah. Diamonds are forever. Batman is forever. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> um, we talked about this on the uh, Tuesday episode you, my friend, um, truly um, ranked this movie number seven. Out in, of eight, in, yeah. Out of eight Batman movies. Me, obviously, Batman and Robin being last. We're not counting. There were like 60s movies, I think, that went to theater. Like they had. Oh, there um, was a Batman movie. Adam West. And yeah, there was like one, that. Burt Ward, yeah. We're not, we're not counting those. But yeah, everything from 1989's Batman <laughs> on. <laughs> There's been eight of them. If you include Batman v Superman. Um, and he does not appear in Wonder Woman. Not really. That's not a spoiler. But he, he's not. He's it, not. He's not a main role in that. He's movie. not. Is it? No. He, his voice appears at one point. Oh, it at does the begin, at yeah. the beginning of the movie. It's but true. that's that's not a spoiler because he doesn't play into the plot. But. Um, this one, 1995, is when it came out. Let's just talk about this briefly. What were you doing? Um, when this movie came out, let's say it came out. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, June 16th. 1995. Summer. Uh, let's see. Summer. Summer. That's from I, High School Musical. I too. didn't do much of anything in, in my summers. Like, I, I never worked or anything like that. I think you were working at the grocery store in oh, yeah. summers. Mm. I, I don't think I ever had a job until... Well, that's not true. I did some some stuff here and there from 96 on. I don't think I was working 95. Man, my summers growing up were just like hitting the pool, hanging out with friends, going to summer camp, like just doing nothing and just enjoying not ha having a real adult totally. life. Totally. So, um, we definitely saw this in theaters. Like yeah, we went to go see it. I saw this in the theater as well. And I could probably narrow down who it was with, but I would be remiss to miss people. But June 16th, 1995, um, a lot of good things. I was probably cruising town that summer Mountain View. I definitely worked at the grocery store. And um, it was cool. It was fun summer, I'm sure. I had a good time. Um, and this movie, I don't know if it would have been part of it. I, I feel like I'm as far as uh, me being like, oh, summer was made awesome by Batman Forever. <laughs> I think that Batman Forever, probably, I probably thought, ah, that is not as good. These this, these movies aren't as good as they were as the first two. Batman Returns is really good. Uh, I felt like Batman, the first Batman, was better because Michael Keaton did it. And there hadn't really been a superhero movie kind of to that level because the superhero movies before this were, of course, Superman, the Christopher Reeve Superman, which I've always said are so corny and campy that at times you just go, gosh. And, and then after Larry Lytle brought on Supergirl, which is <laughs> out of that same realm, it yeah, was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. 
I think the the those I think all of the movies, but for some reason Batman and Batman Returns still hold up. But I think that all four of those movies are from an era of superheroes that is like pre, like you have everything that's post MCU and everything that's pre MCU. And and I think everything changed with with uh, Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. and things got serious and real and. And I don't think anything was expected to be that way before that. So I try not try not to slight the movie for being really, um, no, you know, non-real. Like you know, like that wouldn't help happen in the real world. Well, they weren't really going for that. Yeah. And so I, I'm I'm trying not to hurt it for that. But at the same time, if it's really hokey and stupid, yes, I'm not giving giving it a break on that. So. And you have to suspend reality, and suspend your disbelief, you um, want- in movies like this, because it is about a comic book character. Do you, do you want to know what other movies came out in that same month? Sure. And this could be a new segment we could do, maybe maybe a Tuesday episode okay. segment. But um, Pocahontas, okay. the Disney movie, wow. came out the week before. Uh, Congo, Ooh, which I, I definitely that, saw that in theaters. Yeah, it was good. Um, and June 30th was a big month because on the same day, uh, Apollo 13 came out and Judge Dredd, which we recently did on this podcast. Wow, so, weird. Yeah. But you got Batman Forever and Judge Dredd within two weeks of each other. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. That's amazing. Big summer. Actually. Um, Apollo 13 probably never gets on here. Congo probably never gets on here. Either. No. And Pocahontas definitely. We, have we ever done a Disney movie? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Huh. They don't put out a lot of crappy movies. Well, there's not any that just airmail it, just miss. I, I probably could justify doing Toy Story, not Toy Story, um, Cars 2. Yes. Yeah, that's that's maybe the best example I can think of, though. Yeah. Isn't it Aaron Dyson that said that's the one Pixar movie that he's like, it's... It's not great. Not great. Yeah. He doesn't like. I don't think he hated it, hated it, but he definitely doesn't prefer it. Yeah. It's at the bottom of his Pixar list, gotcha. for sure. Uh, that's, by the way, we're talking about Aaron Dyson from uh, Sif Pop and just the Shudo Network in, in general. So, anyway... Uh, so Batman Forever. Um, it is time, folks, on this podcast for a segment we call "Time for Some Deets." That's right, Batman Forever, directed by Joel Schumacher. Schumacher loves bright colors. Schumacher loves sets, huge sets that are done on sound stages, and he can control them. He loves gothic design to a fault. Huge gargoyles in places where (laughs) gargoyles would not exist. (laughs) And I'm talking like down alleyways to decorate the horrible, nasty alleys. Well, the the circus tent has it. Gargoyles. They weren't gargoyles, but they were like these huge, like Easter Island style, like massive... Isn't that amazing? Heads. Yeah, it was really He neat. likes monolithic. Uh, <laughs> Joel Schumacher likes monolithic things to the level he makes a uh, Statue of Liberty in Gotham, and it has a big Gotham sign on its on the on the headband of, of, <laughs> of Statue of Liberty in Gotham. Weird. Mm. Um, produced by Tim Burton. That explains a lot. High quality at the time, though. Still, you know, I mean, he was yeah. still. I mean, he still is. He's probably bigger now than he was then, technically. He directed the first, at, at least the first Batman movie, right? Yeah, and he produced this one. Uh, screenplay, I was going to talk about this. Akiva Goldsman. Akiva, friend, you are a return visitor to this show. Oh, really? 
Um, you have done the following things for this show. Uh, well, we talked, we've talked about Batman and Robin a lot, but we've not had it on the show necessarily. Um, I, I know I've got you, Akiva. Just wait for it. Wait for it, bro. Jonah Hex, that could easily be on the show. Um, <laughs> Akiva, there's no way that you... Where's the... I thought he did After Earth. Oh, well. All right, Akiva, you're all off the hook, I guess, apparently. I airmailed that one, Phil. I don't normally do that either. <laughs> um, yeah, whatever. Hey, whatevs, Akiva. You sa- you're saved. Oh, uh, no, no, you're King right. Arthur. He did King Arthur, and that's coming. Well, he, yeah, no, he has been on this podcast before. Divergent. Yeah, the Insurgent movie. There you go. I knew I'd seen that name before. Yep. Okay, uh, back to reality. Um, yeah, back to reality. Oh, ba- there goes gravity. Yeah, back to reality. Batman Forever is somehow back to reality. Um, oh, there goes gravity. <laughs> Story by Lee Bachelor. Uh, Bachelor. Uh, obviously, this is based on the DC Comics. Um character Batman. Val Kilmer stars as Batman. This is his first Batman role. And uh, last. He, yeah, and last. He was replacing Michael Keaton. Um, Tommy Lee Jones. No, he wasn't replaced. He was replaced no, he, by he, he replaced Michael Keaton, but he was replaced by Clooney. <laughs> um, Val Kilmer, uh, then Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey play the villains. Two-Face for Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, the Riddler for Jim Carrey. And we'll get into this, but they play a very similar character. And that doesn't really add up. At all. Like, if you know anything about Two-Face, he's not this whimsical, laughing Joker no. ripoff. It's really weird. It's bad. And I would... Anyway. Nicole Kidman plays a made-up character. Chase Meridian, or whatever her name is. She never appears in the comics. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell plays a really bad Robin. Gosh. Uh, and then a cast of thousands. Um, like we said, release date, June, June 16th, 1995. Drew Barrymore is in this movie. Briefly, as a henchman? She she is the assistant for the Riddler. Okay. And then uh, budget, $100, $100 million, and box office, $336 million, which is a lot of money. It is a lot. Um, yeah, so check this out. It's time, Phil, for 30-second synopsis. Are you good to go on this? Sure. Um, I will count it down and ready. 30 seconds synopsis. Batman Forever. Producer Phil. And okay. So Harvey Dent is Two Face and Edward Nigma is the Riddler. And they decide that they are going to uh, team up to foil the Batman and possibly even kill him. Uh, and in the process, they basically create Robin uh, by attacking a circus. And they, uh, their big master plan is that they're going to suck the, uh, all of the like mind share, like m- you know, the brain activities from all these people mm-hmm. all over Gotham, yeah. strengthen their own minds, become all powerful, and take over Gotham and kill the bat in the process. Very, very good, good job. Uh, it's kind of a Joker laughing, a Joker gas plot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're definitely trying to affect every human being in Gotham. And it's through like a gadget that you have to buy, which is kind of weird. Like they're not, they're not foisting it on everyone. Like they're, they're trying, they're putting this product out almost like uh, Steve Jobs with the iPhone. Or like Halloween 3 with Kevin (laughs) Carr. Yes, yes. With Uh, the pumpkin head mask. It becomes so popular. It's basically 3D TV <laughs> is what they're pitching, which is really but weird. But it's inside your brain, isn't it? Yeah, like your your it shoots like 
airwaves directly into your brain so that you can see 3D images, holographic, basically, images in front of your face. And, and he's like, we're bringing 3D TV to homes. And it's just like, I mean, in 1995, I'm sure that was a big deal. It's so weird to go back and watch it now because 3D people have 3D TVs in their homes now. Well, but but this this was uh, the idea of manipulating someone's brain into yeah. being. And that's why Batman would never do that, even though he would use an entire cell phone network to track uh, <laughs> villains. And uh, was it Batman Begins? Was it Bat? Is that the Dark Knight Rises? The Dark Knight Rises. Yes, I think that's right. That's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, Batman Begins. All three, is, all three of those movies. Batman are good. Begins is a great movie. Yeah. And the third one gets the rap that a lot of third movies get, where it's like it's just not as good. Anyway, uh, folks, when we come back, we will talk more about Batman Forever, and I'm going to unleash a new segment on you, Phil. Be right back. So, Phil, we have a new segment, and it's called Soundtrack Rewind. Cue the wicka, wicka, wicka. You need some sort of a sound effect there. (laughs) Uh, Batman Forever. In 1995, Phil, people were making albums for soundtracks and making lots of money selling CDs and tapes and everything else on these um i did not kids look what look up what a cd is yeah they don't even know anymore um and soundtracks though you buy you when you'd buy them you were get you were hoping to get a nice compilation of different people and when i would look at a soundtrack cd or tape or whatever i was buying i would see how many artists i knew on there and if i'd ever really seen that song and sometimes i'd buy the, the soundtrack based on not ever seeing that, that those songs before and going i like this artist so I, this would be a good way to get another song by this artist. Yeah, I do that with quite a few. Uh, there's, you know, I won't get into that that movie. There's a, several movies I buy the soundtrack. I'd be like, I've never seen that movie. Well, and that still happens today. Like I, I was just listening to um, "Happy" the Pharrell Williams song, yeah. which uh, most people don't even know. Like that that song debuted for the Despicable Me two, I think, oh. movie. Um, so like the only way to get that song at one point in time is was to buy the soundtrack for that film. Did he eventually really put weird. it on his album? I'm sure he probably did. If he was smart, he did. Yeah. So soundtrack rewind, uh, Batman Forever, folks. This this soundtrack was released May 23rd, 1995. So ahead of the movie, which was how it, how it worked then, you know. Yeah. Um, track number one, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2. This is the probably the biggest song off this. Um, we have a PJ Harvey song, One Time Too Many, not anything there. Where Are You Now by Brandy. She's she was big time. Yeah. And uh, rewind. This song is probably the biggest one off here. Kiss from a Rose by Seal. If you ever went to a prom, folks, in <laughs> in the mid nineties, you heard Kiss from a Rose. That movie that song only exists in the end credits, by the way. It's never in the film. Uh, Massive Attack, which is a big uh I digital electronic underground sound. Um, let's see. Uh, random was Mazzy Stars on her offspring. Smash it up, big time. Yeah, uh, big time. Uh, and then you get Sunny Day Real Estate, which if you know anything about um, a lot of grunge bands, there's a lot of grunge bands that are like, oh, Sunny Day Real Estate was my jam. A lot of people say that. Cobain would say that a lot. Hmm. Uh, uh, David Grohl talk about about Sunny Day Real Estate. And then the Flaming Lips. Big time. Uh, by the way, there's a Riddler song here by Method Man. Anyway, that's your Soundtrack Rewind. <laughs> Sponsored by Phil's CD Shack. 
Come on down. You'll be the only one. Um, here we go. It's time for some power plot, Phil. Welcome to Gotham City. Batman is in full swing. It's a lot brighter here than I thought. Yeah, lots of neon lights. Uh, it's a uh, episode of I don't know Pokemon or something <laughs> in Gotham City. Um, the the Two Face rewind Two Face is a he's a full fully fleshed out villain. I like that he is just a villain. And they don't have to give you the backstory. Origin, I, I yeah. like that. It, I will say that about this movie. It just started. That was pretty cool. Yeah. They go back later and fill it in a little bit. But I will say that about him, about the character, not about the way the character is portrayed by Tommy Lee Jones. Well, I thought with starting the movie with him, with him, you know, committing crimes and stuff like that, killing people, I thought that he would be kind of like the main focus of the the villainry. <laughs> to use that word yeah. of the movie, but he's not like, he really plays second fiddle to the, to the Riddler. So. Right. Um, if you read a little bit about this movie, uh, <laughs> and Jim Carrey ta has talked about this too, about how Tommy Lee Jones, very difficult to work with. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Like Jim Carrey at this point was Ace Ventura. He was in dumb and dumber. Right. Mm hmm. And that's about it. Like he'd been on in living color. As a stand, and he was did some stand up. Cable guy, maybe. I don't think it was even out yet. I think it's ninety six. This is this is a very um, young Jim Carrey. But he's hot, like he's yeah. super big oh, time. Absolutely. And so they're like, Jim Carrey, we want you to be Jim Carrey. You don't have to, you know, what I'm saying you don't I necessarily think, need to be the Riddler. We want Jim Carrey as Jim Carrey. Well, and it is definitely his persona. Like he it, his uh, mannerisms, the way he talks, the way he walks, even like yes. the kind of the um, Gumby kind of walk kind of stuff that he does. Like, I feel like he ad-libbed a lot when he was in this, uh, when he was on camera. Okay, so here's by, your... By the way, the, the first two lines of this movie give, tells you everything that you need to know about the mood of the film. The very first thing you see is Batman getting into the Batmobile. And before he jumps in, Alfred stops him and says, um, uh, can I persuade you to take a sandwich with you, sir? And then Batman says, I'll get drive through and then he hops in his bat, Batmobile. <laughs> like he's going to go through the McDonald's drive-thru in this freaking Batmobile. Which in the commercial, by the way, <laughs> for the collective cu collectible cups, if you listen to Tuesday. He goes to the drive-thru? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. You're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the order of service for Jim Carrey at this point, really a major movies, Pet Detective came out in 94. The Mask came out in 94. And Dumb and Dumber came out in 94. Yeah, he was. He had three huge movies. Um, he was hat tricking him before this movie. For after sure. Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, and then Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls, which I like it a lot. Uh, and then um, after that, you have The Cable Guy, Liar Liar, and on and on and on. Truman Show, blah 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 blah. Yeah, when he came on the scene, he was already on fire. And then this was like his fourth movie in that yes. row. So. And, and so, but but he's still compared to Tommy Lee Jones, who was a veteran actor, and Tommy Lee Jones is just like Tommy Lee Jones, rough, tough. Yeah. I can see him wanting to take over, but that's not the script. Nope. And the problem with both these characters here, because we were talking about this, the uh, the, the type of Two-Face that Tommy Lee Jones plays. You know who he is? He uh, is this movie's Joker. And he's, and that's not, Two-Face in the comic book, he's kind of a, he's not laughing. Yeah. His I, face he, is severely scarred. He's in 
mortal pain, right? Yeah, and he's very dark in the comics. Even yes. even in the animated show, like he was like out to kill everyone. I mean, like in a dark, serious yes. way. But in this one, he he laughs in almost every scene. It's that maniacal, like wide mouth kind of laugh where yeah. he like throws his head back and laughs, yeah. and then starts like fu- like spraying bullets into like, the air. And I'm like, you're Joker. Like, it's that's, like that's, Caesar, that's what Joker does. Caesar Romero Joker. Yeah. You know, like old school, like. Ah! Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Jim Carrey's character is like. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> it's like, so you're like, we're playing the same character. Not to mention, in Batman, Harvey Dent was in Batman, the very first movie. Oh yeah, that's right. But he's played by. He was he was played by Billy D. Williams. Oh really? <laughs> they don't go over what happened. How? But those movies are black and white. <laughs> oh, and the thing is, is that, like, I wanted to see Billy D. Williams as Two Face. Yeah. When I knew he was, he was in, he was Harvey Dent. And you're like, oh wow, he'll be Two Face. That'll be awesome. And it'll be like, anyway, interesting. So yeah, what happened? Why they do that? Billy D. Williams wasn't hot and kicking then. Apparently, he didn't reprise in Batman Returns. No, did he? They didn't have him in there. Wow. Um, sorry. Um. So, Two-Face is going on a killing spree in Gotham. He's got some sort of bomb scenario, um, and he's trying to steal from a bank. Batman thwarts it. Two-Face escapes. Ed Nigma, who works for Wayne Enterprises, who eventually becomes the Riddler, um, works for Wayne, um, develops this device that basically beams television, I mean TV, right into your head. Uh, you see in 3D, like Phil talked about in 30 Seconds Synopsis, um, Bruce kind of encourages Nigma to put together this this scheme. Um, I, I didn't like Val Kilmer's Bruce. No, he's bad. Like, I think, and maybe this is just bad directing. Maybe it's not his fault. But he's as Bruce Wayne, as as Batman. He's supposed to be like serious and stoic and don't mess with me. And I'm going to come in and bust up you guys. But it, Bruce is not that way. Like he's very charismatic and entrepreneur and like rules Gotham. He's, two, you know? he's, he's get two different people. Yeah. In, in the comics. And he's forever. Yeah. In the comics and in, in the previous movies, he was like this uh, smooth talking womanizer kind of guy, like who's always got a different girl on his arm. And this was not that Batman at all. In fact, I f- almost felt like he was always Batman. Like even as Bruce Wayne, he was super one note stoic the whole time he was talking. Like he never like the pitch in his voice never went up and down ever. He was always just talking in that Batman voice all the time. Yeah. I, I couldn't handle it. Like about halfway through the movie, I was just like, oh my gosh, just go back to putting the suit back on. And um, so Nigma um, gets, Bruce is trying to be nice to him, tells him to make this invention. Um, Nigma is a little pushy. Bruce doesn't like that. He's big time business. Shuts Nigma down, uh, says, and basically says, you know, I'm not going to really fund your invention to beam television into people's eye sockets and into their brain. Uh, Nigma retaliates by killing his boss, Fred. <laughs> Nigma, and he, he makes it look like an accident. He makes it look like a suicide by um, yeah. changing the camera feed or something. Nice camera feed. <laughs> How did he do that? How did he? Uh, anyway, he he took out their VHS and then he put it in his VHS that he created at home. <laughs> um, Nigma basically quits. Um, he seeks out. Uh, uh, he wants to give retaliation to uh, Bruce. Um, Man, so stupid. He starts to send riddles. Mm-hmm. This is before he was the Riddler, uh, technically speaking. Um, and uh, 
Two Face uh, is kind of as they're pointed out of him being on a crime spree. Here's where you get the backstory for Two Face. Uh, he is Harvey Dent, district attorney. Uh, Sal Maroney, who that's a that's an in, inside inside ball, uh, you know, inside baseball uh, talk, uh, is a gangster mobster, um, and uh, he uh, he's not. Falcone, but he's Maroney. And this scene is very short. It's yeah. it's just a scene in the courtroom, basically, and somehow he, he brought acid into he, the courtroom. Yeah, he got it into the courtroom somehow and sp- ended up spraying it all over his face, and yes. that's what makes him Two Face now. Yes, and so Two Face is wickedly hilarious and whimsical. <laughs> he's the clown prince of Two Faces. Yeah, is what they call him. <laughs> um, we then segue. We get to meet up with Chase Meridian, who's uh, played by uh, what's her face. Tom Cruise slash Nicole Kidman. Keith Urban's wife, uh, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Sorry. She's been several people's wife. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Chase Meridian. I was looking it up. The, the name Chase Meridian was made up for this movie. This whole character was. And it was Chase because she's chasing after Batman. That's literally what they were thinking. And Mer- Meridian is like Prime Meridian is whether wouldn't like think globe of the, of the world thing and so it's uh she is like halfway in between the two personas of bruce so like bruce on the left batman on the right and i think it's supposed to kind of play off the two-face idea really- they, they that they that was a, a huge miss in this movie by the way like they if they wanted to really say something about two-facedness that they, they could have and they they totally avoided it like you could have had two-face playing like his schizophrenic dual role self mixed with Batman, who is always playing two roles and, and then kind of like, you know, kind of feed off of each yep. other and, and mm-hmm. make that the, the, the tone and the theme of the movie and none of it exists. Like it's, it's, it's there in, in, and it's ready to go. And they never tapped into, into it. It's really, really stupid. Like I was making up a better plot and a better theme for the movie as I was watching it. Well, Anyone that's ever been around the, or look, read the comic or any of those stories or even watched the newer stuff, you go, why can't they just make this? I mean, yeah. isn't that weird? Like, the, the Chase, you could have removed Chase Meridian's character from this movie, and the movie doesn't suffer at all from it. She she doesn't really add anything to the plot. Um, What she does add to is Bruce's love life. Yeah. Bruce invites her to the circus. <laughs> Not just any circus. They go to see the Flying Graysons. Oh, yeah. The best in non-networking. Uh, no, they are networking, but they don't have nets. They, 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 they are on the trapeze <laughs> without a net. The Flying Graysons are there performing. Two-Face shows up. He says, hey, I'm going to blow up this circus. And he's got like 200 sticks of dynamite. <laughs> and um, unless Batman comes forward to surrender his life. Uh, there's a bunch of people at the circus. There's like the um, expose inquirer, like news reporter lady. There's um, Chase Meridian, who's obsessed with Batman, but she's dating Bruce Wayne now. All kinds of people. And so if Bruce just comes forward, the gig is up. You know, everyone will know he's Batman. (laughs) He finds a way to try to, but it takes him a long time. Um, The Flying Graysons fly into action, though, and try to stop him, but... Uh, they end up getting blown up in the first place. <laughs> the the best part of that uh, scene where like the crowd's going nuts because he fires off some rounds and stuff like that, and so the crowd's just going like ballistic and running in every direction and screaming. And it's in the midst of the, all the screaming that Malcolm shouts, 
I'm Batman. <laughs> it's just like, oh, if everyone would just quiet down, they would hear that he just told I'm them, Batman. Don't don't hurt all these people. I'm Batman. Oh, you couldn't hear me over the crowd? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like he's willing to give up his whole uh, you know, masked identity and everything uh, to save all these people, but it's too late because the, the people got too loud. They got too loud. <laughs> you can't be loud in the circus. So they, um, the Graysons try to stop Two-Face. They get killed in the process, except for Dick. He, mm-hmm. he, my friend. And CNN is there covering it. The, GNN. The whole thing. Oh, GNN. Gotham News Okay, Network. gotcha. Uh, I, I guess, I guess that's big news when the circus comes to town. Um, Batman throws, uh, Oh, rewind. No, 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 no. Uh, Dick Grayson throws two bases bomb into the river, but he did survive. Anyway, Bruce uh, says, listen, you may come live at my manor. Uh, it's a humble place. It's not a lot of not a lot of room, but it'll be a home for you. Uh, he fits, starts to fit in pretty well. Um, he uh, Dick but, figures it out that yeah. Bruce is Batman. Yeah, and and uh, there's like a little um, not a montage scene, but like just kind of a funny scene in in the middle. I think it's supposed to be funny. Um, we it's revealed that Robin's superpower is doing laundry. You remember the laundry scene? <laughs> so he uh, like he's like because he's this um, ac- very acrobatic person. Like he starts like flipping the towels around oh, ninja. and like like squeegeeing them. Ninja laundry. And he's like flipping the yeah, the, <laughs> the towels onto the clothesline and stuff like that. And Alfred's looking at him like. Whoa, this guy's really good. It's like his, that's his superpower is doing laundry. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> so uh Nigma through through this whole moment here, uh, Bru- uh Dick Grayson wants Bruce to help him kill Two Face for what he did. We have Nigma who morphs finally into the Riddler. Uh he and Two Face find each other. Uh and it's really dumb how the Riddler finds him. Because if you watch the movie back the Riddler um, tells 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 Two Face that he found them because of this device, but the Riddler walked in with not the device into his lair. Oh yeah, with a cane, and then he pulls out the device that helped him find him. Yeah, <laughs> which would mean he had to get there first to plant the device. <laughs> it's like this dumb like. Who thought, who thought of this? <laughs> I mean, Tim Burton is there tell, helping them with this. Produce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joel Schumacher, where are you at, man? It was hidden behind a gargoyle, apparently. Anyway, um, so they work. They have a couple fight things. Nigma uses his brainwave device. Uh, he actually gets, he figures out, he attaches it to Bruce at one point and figures out that he is Batman. He doesn't tell Two-Face. He keeps that to himself. He doesn't tell. No, he does. Yeah, he, yeah, because he's he uh, he pulls it up on screen and he's like, because he's really proud of himself that he's figured it out, or the machine did, I guess. And uh, they see on the screen there's like this bat flying towards them and stuff like that. And they're like, who? And and he looks at Two Face. He's like, uh, who would have a, a deep obsession with bats? And and he's like he's like waiting for applause, whatever. And Two Face just kind of smiles and cackles like Joker. And then and then they go into the next scene. But yeah, they they both know that he's uh, Batman. So. Now they're going to be after him, right? Do they show up at Wayne Manor, right? Yes, they yeah. attack Wayne Manor. Oh, oh, this is a trick-or-treating scene. 
Yes. The trick-or-treaters are out there. And we'll talk about that uh, when we come back, folks. Uh, trick-or-treaters coming away manner. Hilarious. Because I thought he lived in the country, but who knows? All right. We'll be <laughs> right back. So they trick-or-treat. These kids will come to Wayne Manor. It's Halloween. They want a trick-or-treat. Uh, and they walk 10 miles away from Gotham by themselves. <laughs> In costume, There's been to some a ge- huge <laughs> fifty thousand square foot mansion with a big metal gate mm-hmm. in front of it. By the way, yeah, huh? they walk up, ring the doorbell, trick or treat. They get some candy. They leave. The Joker, or they, oh, sorry, slipped there. <laughs> Riddler shows up, rings the doorbell. What does he say? He goes in the front door and says, "It's a trick." <laughs> Or more like trick or something. More like trick. (laughs) Um, So they've infiltrated Wayne Manor, correct? Uh, Riddler and Two-Face go into the Batcave. How did they get in the Batcave? Remember? Um, I mean, I think they just kind of charged their way in. I I don't remember how they know which door it is. Um, So weird. Yeah, somehow they get down there. Yep, and um, they destroy the Batcave, Riddler does. Um, the Riddler leaves clues. He leaves riddles. That's why he's the Riddler. He destroys most of the Batcave. He leaves the boat mm-hmm. untouched and the Batplane untouched for some reason. Handy. <laughs> um, uh, Bruce and Alfred figure out Riddler's identity. Uh, Chase Meridian is kidnapped by the Riddler and Two-Face. And uh, they're taken to his hideout, uh, which that's her only real role yes, plot role in this yeah, movie is she's damsel. damsel in distress. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, Two Faces, uh, Claw Island. I guess the name of his uh, lair. BT Dubs. <laughs> I don't think that's ever stated in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I just made it. Uh, <laughs> I made it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burt Reynolds. Yep. Um, <laughs> so they have Chase. And um, they um, go to the lair, and Batman and Robin show up. They fight, fight, fight. They get a little bit separated during it. Robin goes up against Two-Face and almost kills him, Uh, but he can't kill him. He can't. He doesn't have it in to murder him. Robin spares him. Uh, Then Two-Face turns the tables on him and captures Robin. Really good job, Chris O'Donnell. You're an idiot. Sorry. Sorry, Chris, if you're listening to this. Um, I didn't mean that. So um, Batman shows up, and um, they have a big fight. Riddler uh, basically gives the Batman, he gets to he has to choose between one um, of the hostages. He sets up a scenario. He's going to lose one way or the other. It's either Batman or the made-up, fictional Chase <laughs> Meridian. And... Um, Batman, though, destroys the brainwave collecting machine. Yeah, he chooses to save neither of them at first. Like, he he throws his battering straight up into the air and hits, like, this massive computer that's collecting all the brainwaves. Yes, and that makes um, Riddler suffer a mental breakdown. And he saves the day. Two-Face gets killed by uh, a handful of coins that... (laughs) Batman throws in the air. Indirectly, yes. And Two-Face 
is trying to, I'm not sure what he's trying to do, catch them all <laughs> in a Pokemon-like thing. Got to catch them all. He's going to have his coin, but there's like 40 in the air. Yes. And so he, like he, he's perched. Oh, yes. He's perched on this precipice. Chase, by yeah. the way, I remember this because Chase goes, <laughs> his coin is his Achilles heel. Yes. The only time, folks, in this movie that he had a coin out before this, there's like two times. The only time that Meridian was within a city block of him. That's a good point. Was when he was on the rooftop flipping the coin and Chase was in the street with the crowd. Yeah. She must have superpowers. I'm not sure what she's... Anyway. She knows more than Batman she at did, this point. She deduces that. She's a detective, you know. He's the greatest detective of all. Jimmy Dean would say, who's been on our show, um, that Batman is the greatest detective, but he's foiled once again by some random non-detective, a psychologist <laughs> who just is into Batman. The only smarts that he shows in this movie is figuring out riddles. That's pretty much all that Batman's good for. So um, so anyway, Chase um, tells Batman that you know she loves Bruce. She flip-flopped, by the way, like three times in this movie, back and forth. Yeah, she loves Batman. Now she loves Bruce. Now she she's not sure. Yeah. Riddler's taken to Arkham Asylum. Luckily, he's gone crazy, and no one believes him when he says uh, that he himself is Batman, which is really funny. Yeah, so his identity is saved because there were only two people that knew he was Batman besides the good guys, and one of them dies. So, yeah. you know, Two-Face is dead, and then Riddler's insane. Oh, <sighs> Two-Face. So bad. <laughs> Anyway, Bruce and uh, Dick Grayson, Batman and Robin, they'll be coming, I think, again to another movie <laughs> installment. I think. If they were smart, they'd make another one of these. Uh, there it is. So, Phil, let's do this. Um, did you know that uh, Michael Keaton was initially going to do this movie? Um, that'd be the natural choice since it's like the third in a trilogy, I guess. But. Keaton was going to do it. He learned, though, that Schumacher was going to direct it, so he bailed out. Here's a quote. Um, I knew it was in trouble when Schumacher said, why does everything have to be so dark? Yeah. <laughs> well, he is the Dark Knight, so... <laughs> uh, Schumacher. You Schumachered it. Uh, anyway, so I have, I have my top five yeah. funny scenes. I love it, and not these aren't intentionally funny. Like they, I think they were supposed to be great lines or great scenes, but I think audiences found them not to be so great. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a campy movie when at the beginning of the movie, uh, someone one of the henchmen gets electrocuted, uh, either accidentally or Batman throws some kind of a device. I can't remember what it is, and. Uh, you know, and there's a lot more of this kind of thing in Batman and Robin, even more so than this movie. But uh, as the guys, the bad guy, the henchman is getting electrocuted, he he, he does kind of a gun gun like, <laughs> like I can't do it, but like, like the the lip kind of yes, yeah thing. Yes, and so um, so stupid. Yeah, that's that's exactly what people sound like when they get electrocuted. Um, then not too long after that, uh, they're flying. Batman actually almost uh, captures Two Face in the first ten minutes of this movie. He actually grapples on bat grapples onto the uh, to his helicopter and is like dangling from the helicopter, climbs his way up and actually like smashes in the window. Kind of a cool scene, actually, and is is looking like he's going to either throw him out or, you know, take over the helicopter or whatever. Um, 
the Two-Face like says, uh, see ya bats or whatever, and like jumps out with a parachute or whatever. But before he does, he puts a club and by, by club, oh people can't see gosh. me right now, but it's the old like 1990s car security. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So you like you put it on your steering wheel, locks yeah. it up. He locked up the quote unquote steering wheel, which I'm not sure. I don't know anything about helicopters, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't work like this. But he put a club on the steering wheel of the <laughs> helicopter, and right. that kept the helicopter not just flying uh, forward, but at the same elevation. Like it never dropped or anything just because he put like a $20 club on on the, uh, What's the club? Crime is rampant in America. The car is stolen every 20 seconds. Oh, you found a commercial. I need your help. I'm Deputy Flack, and please, wherever you park your car, lock the club on the steering wheel to prevent <laughs> your car from being stolen. The club is a tempered steel lockpick tough to defeat. It's high visibility, deters thieves, and makes them move to an easier target. The club is the best auto theft deterrent I've seen, and I recommend you use it. Accept no cheap imitation. Always ask for the club by name. And let's put auto thieves in their place. Yeah. Thanks, to, the club. I used to have a club. So I, I used to have a Jeep Wrangler that had um, soft top. And I would just, I lived in California, so it rained like 10 days a year. Yeah. And so I would just keep the soft top off all the time. And I would lock it up with a, with a club every That's time. That's cool. Yeah. Pretty handy little device. Does not work on hel- helicopters, though. You wouldn't think so. Um, Probably my favorite scene. The club. I, Go ahead. <laughs> probably my favorite scene is, um, it's... Uh, so I guess Batman has some kind of like a direct like laundry chute to the Bat Cave from the well, from they, Wayne, Wayne you know, Industries. They used to have the Bat Pole in the old '60s TV yes, show. Yes. So you know, super fun happy slide like in this movie would make sense. <laughs> so the but it's voice activated, and so he goes into his like you know penthouse suite office at Wayne Enterprises says some kind of a code word to the computer that's listening and, and the, the front door lo- shuts and locks behind him. Then he sits in his chair in front of his desk and says the keyword to basically Sweeney taught him like straight down into the floor. The, the, chair, the chair just dumps him straight down. What is the keyword, Jack? Oh, I, I, wait a minute. He, uh, I, oh, I bet it's, I bet it's uh, Monarch Theater. No. I, I, wait, You're not wait. even close, right? Really. Oh, no, I bet it's... Um, Oh, I bet it's something really inside. I bet it's Vicky Vale. Yeah, you'd want it something that nobody could guess and nobody could accidentally say, like just a normal conversation. Oh, okay. So something Batman related? Yeah, maybe. Or just an uncommon word. Well, okay. Like what? The word he says is the word chair. Like he sits down in the chair and he says, chair. And then the chair dumps him down. What if he says chair in the middle of a meeting? Oh, man, I can't get this chair to... Ah! <laughs> oh, I got to get a new chair. Ah! Ah! Man, this chair's got no... Ah! Uh, number four. Uh, there's a scene where Batman is in costume as Batman talking to Batman, I'm Batman. <laughs> talking to uh, Dr. Meridian and um, she's trying to woo him and like get him to come over to her place and stuff like that. And he says, uh, he says, are you trying to get under my cape, doctor? It's a car, right? Chicks dig the car. Oh, <laughs> in a signature Batman kind of line. Yeah, you would not. Batman <laughs> doesn't think that way. Batman, Bat, you know what Batman's? <laughs> Lady friend is fighting crime. Yes. This this is like, imagine folks, someone you know that has a hobby that you like, <laughs> and that's all they care about doing. That's Batman and crime, fighting crime. Yeah. Weird. Like, yeah. 
he works a job during the day as Wayne, at Wayne Enterprises, and then at night he ne- like never sleeps. He literally never sleeps. He's he's a he very takes bat, well. He takes bat naps, but <laughs> uh, Kilmer is a very adolescent Batman. I think like he just he gets in that car. He's like, oh, I bet I bet chicks dig this. What, he's kind of like the Lego Batman. <laughs> yes, he is very similar. Val Kilmer is kind of the Lego Batman, yeah. and then Clooney was like the what is this? <laughs> okay, the Hail Caesar. He's the Hail Caesar Batman. <laughs> and then uh, the last one is uh, t- this. Is towards the end of the movie, he gets in the Bat plane, which is you, you see it for like two minutes in the movie. He gets in the Bat plane and he flies over uh, GCPD, Gotham yeah. City Police, and they've got the Bat. Uh, signal uh-huh. up in the in the air, hitting the clouds and all that, and he like storms the bat plane, storms through the clouds, and and they and they go, yeah, Batman, go get him! It's kind of like this like rah rah moment, and uh, Batman while flying, who knows how many like a thousand feet up or whatever, in a dark like black windowed bat plane. Uh, <laughs> looks over to the side of the window, looks at 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 uh, Commissioner Gordon, and gives him the thumbs up. As he's flying by, he's he's probably doing you know I I don't know knots is that is that no mock mock okay he's like, mock he's, five. he's like mock five or whatever and he's like hey kind of but fa- is this Fonzie. not a nod John Fonzie is this not a nod to Top Gun Does he give him the thumbs Val up? Kilmer is Iceman in Top Gun Oh I mean I'm just saying he's the bad guy he's not really the bad no he's not really the bad guy he's the He's an he is an antagonist, but he's a good guy from a he's in the military with with Tom Cruise. Yeah, just saying, just saying. We will eventually do Batman pretty and, lame though. Batman and Robin, and yes. it will make this movie look like Citizen Kane. That is true. But um, this there's a lot of really weird stuff in this movie. It's pretty lame though. It's a good job, Phil. Thanks. Top five from Phil. Um. So Phil, let's do this. Let's uh, let's talk about some goods and bads. Where's the goods in this movie? Yeah, I'll do this really quick because I kind of went through a whole bunch of bads. But um, I did I did think that some of the bat gadgetry, um, badgetry, if, mm, if badgetry. I may, uh, some of the badgetry in this movie is not bad. Like it's not terrible. Um, even though it looked kind of cheesy, I think the idea of a grapple hook on on the Batmobile is kind of a cool thing. The way they executed it was kind of dumb. Um, just like sh- shooting at the top of a building and then and then like well, scaling the building. And <laughs> the ability to drive up the side of that building and then what happens if it breaks? I mean, you just die. Yeah. Like Batman's like, there's no stopping that thing. <laughs> um, but I, I, I give him a couple points for just like dreaming up new things. The Batmobile looks terrible in this movie, but some of the, the badgetry is pretty good. Um... And I think even though the set we made fun of the sets and the costumes, I think some of the costumes for Riddler are actually pretty good. Um, and even though some of the sets are overdone, where they're just a little too epic looking, yeah. um, I think the care and the detail put into them is actually pretty impressive. Like yeah. I, I think the time that went into developing those sets is way more time than what most movies are using today because they don't have to think about it. We'll CGI it later, blah, blah, blah. I think I think they really had to do a lot of stuff with practical effects and sets and costumes in a time where that meant something. And so um, I, I actually didn't think all of it was totally bad. Did you think one actor was any good in this, though, technically? I mean, we've said Val Kilmer's Batman's not very good. We've said that 
Uh, both the villains are kind of meh. Like Jim Carrey is the Riddler is just Jim Carrey. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones is a Joker ripoff as Two-Face, which makes no sense. I, I really didn't think any of the actors were very good. But if prime, I had, if prime I prime Meridian is horrible. <laughs> if I had to give the best actor award, I probably would give it to Jim Carrey just because of his ability to leave the jokester persona from the the movies that he had done. Only three movies before this one, um, and and play someone who's truly insane. Like I mean, there are moments where like you really believe that he's completely out of his mind. He's lost it. Yeah. Um, and so I I feel like he had to work the hardest to to play the role that he was doing. So maybe that's kind of a cheat. But um, I I didn't think his acting was terrible. I think he's a good actor in general. But um, I guess. This is one of those massive amount. There's a massive amount of people in this thing, and you just keep adding characters. And, uh, you know, there's uh, a point where it's overkill. Yeah. Uh, especially when you don't do it like the Avengers do it, you know, where there's a lot, you know what I'm saying, where there's a lot of characters. I think these movies are really hard to go back to. Yeah. Big time. Um, what do you rate this thing on one to one horrible to five horribles? One being. Um, not, you know, not so bad. Five being uh, really bad. Probably what I envisioned Batman and Robin to be. Um, I think I'm going to go three. I, I, I'm kind of middle of the road on it. I, there's some scenes that I think are kind of fun. You, you have to go into this movie thinking like, this is not going to be a good writing style or good plot. There's not, not going to be anything to hang your hat on, but you, you'll see some kind of cool, um, imagery and action scenes and stuff like that. So there's there's not, it's not all hate hate on this one, but at the same time, it's one of the worst Batman movies ever made. So yeah. Um, I would, I would go along the lines of a two on this actually. Um, I do feel like if we ever do, uh, Batman and Robin that, that grade if if you know like on your three i feel like you might get pushed to a two after you see batman and robin yeah um at any rate uh phil thanks for doing this yeah uh batman forever not the worst batman movie but pretty darn out of about seven all right about eight it's number seven Mm -hmm. and jim carrey and two-face uh played by tommy lee jones made this movie kind of kind of not great anyway uh, cool, man. Uh, you be good. Thanks for stopping in, and uh, you are awesome, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. The Horrible Movie Podcast is powered by RevolverPodcast.com and Orange Tie Web Design Marketing and Branding. The Horrible Movie Podcast can be heard on great stations like 105.5 KFGM in Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula, 88.1 KZGM, South Central Missouri's public radio station, and weekly contributions on KPOV 88.9 High Desert Community Radio. Listen to us on iTunes, thehorrormovepodcast.com, revolverpodcast.com, and anywhere podcasts are found. 